0: Welcome to the Santa Cruz Coffee Break. If you're watching on YouTube or listening on Apple Podcasts, please follow, hit the like button, or any subscribes. It really helps us with the algorithms. Santa Cruz Coffee Break is produced by the Santa Cruz Guitar Players Forum. All opinions are those of the speakers. We invite you to join us on the Santa Cruz Guitar Players Forum at SCGCPF for more fun. Now, let's get on with this installment of Santa Cruz Coffee Break. So we'd like to welcome everybody to the 61st edition of the Santa Cruz Guitar Players Forum podcast. And in our tradition of looking for working guitar players and um, emerging people and uh, just exciting people to talk to, today we're going to talk to BJ Golden. We'll let BJ tell you a little bit about his um, his uh, um, past and his future, and we'll. Uh, see where we go uh so welcome in bj
1: thanks for having me guys pleasure to be here we're really happy to have you
0: we're uh, um we uh, i'm gonna go like this for a little bit while we're while we're doing it. and and everybody we're getting used to new uh, uh technology here and we hope it looks a lot better because i think it does already but um bj came to us through santa cruz guitars Right. Apparently, uh, is uh, quite a little um, uh, support player. I don't want to say. Don't want to. I hate. I, I hate that word because are always uh, so unique. But uh, welcome in.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it's good to be here.
2: So uh, we got turned on to you by Josh at Santa Cruz, um, and in going and looking you up online to find out who you were and what you're doing. I've seen that you have at least a couple of Santa Cruz guitars. Um, how long have you been playing them? I mean, how long have you been playing in general? When did you get turned on to Santa Cruz? Yeah, yeah. How, how, how did it all start?
1: So I started. I, I mean, my parents noticed a big inclination towards music from an early age. I think I started on piano at six or seven. Uh, got a guitar at nine, and then I was just kind of off to the races. I never uh, really looked back, and my you know teenage years were filled with just kind of uh, doing things on my own. I took lessons for a little while, but never really had a lot of formal training. But then uh, once I got to be of college age, I decided that I wanted to pursue music. So I went and I've got uh, a bachelor's of music degree in classical guitar performance from Middle Tennessee State University and a master's degree in the same field from the University of Denver um so i kind of i wanted to get all of the technical proficiency that i could i really loved the finger style approach to guitar um and that's during that time i studied a lot of jazz as well um but it was really a great experience all the way through and uh really i mean i didn't read music before i went in I, i had a lot of gaps that i needed to cover to come out as a professional musician but I, I discovered Santa Cruz actually during my graduate studies. Uh, when I was in Denver, I found a job working at a place called the Denver Folklore Center. Um, There's a guy there named Harry Tuff, who he had owned the Denver Folklore Center for, I think in total, he owned it for over 50 years. Uh, and he was, it was a lo- probably the oldest established music store in the Denver area when I was working there from 2010 to 12 or 13 um, but once I got that job, you know, one of my duties was to just keep all the instruments in tune, right? So people come in, they play them, they don't pick up an out of tune guitar. And I'd never heard of Santa Cruz before I picked up, uh, they were carrying them at the time. And I found this, I still have it, um, DPW every time I got to this guitar, I just, I couldn't put it down. And this has become like my road warrior guitar uh played it in every arena amphitheater stadium across the country uh and every time like i mean you put it in in the mix the sound guy is just like whoa what kind of guitar is that and it just it it is always something that i get complimented on the sound of this instrument and uh it, it just it blew me away when i heard it just tuning the guitar so um yeah that was my intro to santa cruz and then once i uh, after grad school, I went on the road with Lyle Lovett um, as a guitar and backline tech, um, which was a great experience. I was on his 2012 release me summer tour. Um, and about six weeks into that tour, Lyle came by and I had my guitar out because I had installed the sunrise pickup that Lyle plays and uh, so I could sound check and kind of get a close sound. Uh, to what his instrument sounded like. And he came by one day when I was just kind of playing backstage, he came up right before his show. was like, you know, BJ, you should play before I play. And so I got to spend the next like month opening up for Lyle on the road, which was a fantastic experience. I mean, he employs one of the best working bands that are around. It's uh the musicians that play for him are really phenomenal. And what an experience. You know, I got to sit and play these really cool theaters and um and, and look over and, you know, Leland Sklar and Russ Kunkel and these guys are standing on the side stage and, and it was and, and Lyle, especially. I mean, my hat's still off to him for giving me that opportunity. It was really cool. Um, yeah. And then I came back from that tour. I lived in the mountains for a little while, taught lessons, played in wedding bands, various things just to kind of stay afloat. And uh, in 2014, I got a call to go audition for Brantley Gilbert. And I ended up getting that gig and was with him until October of last year. Uh, I had to resign just because uh, he was taking longer gigs. I've got a uh, two-year-old little boy and a four-year-old little girl. And I, I can't be away from my family for two and four months at a time anymore. So yeah. Um, but during you know that first like once i got into brantley's band i think at the time carolyn sills was uh with santa cruz and um i called her and i ended up getting a triple o which i still have uh you know 12 fret slotted headstock uh used that on quite a few brantley recordings actually as, um engineers really loved the sound of that guitar so is that, between- the, sunburst? that-, is that the sunburst santa cruz you have It is. Uh, I think I may have a video on YouTube of that one, but um, you do. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Sounds great. Yeah. So this one here, it's really a great guitar. Uh, Is that an
0: enlarged sound hole?
1: That is a great question that I don't. That
0: looks like a really big sound hole.
1: Well, it's just a really small upper bout on the triple O. So. Oh no! I I got it. Yeah. I got
0: that. That looks like a big that, that. That's interesting
1: yeah yeah it's uh it was just one of those kind of as carolyn put it uh matches made in heaven where i i reached out and they happened to have that guitar i think it had just been finished i told them i was like looking for an om some kind of single double triple lot. yeah but wanted something that felt like a classical guitar and she's just like well we actually have this one that's kind of a marriage of a lot of those things and we had a show in i think san jose and so uh me and the lead player jumped in the car and went out and met Richard and Carolyn and got a tour of the the shop and uh yeah there was there was no leaving without that guitar uh,
2: <laughs> yeah. we we've, we've heard that story from a couple of musicians
1: uh, yeah. is I've told Carolyn it's dangerous it's like man I, I would love to come see you guys but I know I'm gonna leave with another guitar and then I'm I I'm, my wife's gonna kill me when I get home so I gotta <laughs> tread a fine line here um and then yeah most recently is the acquisition of the baritone and I got introduced we wanted to get a baritone for the road with Brantley um and me and the lead player decided we would share the instrument I was the utility guy but he also did some acoustic work and it's like oh we'll just get one and we'll share it and then the guitar came in and I played it I was like "Mm, I can't share this the there, there's just no way. Cause he lives in like Athens, Atlanta area. And it's not like I could just drive down the road and go pick it up. Like it's my turn with the kid. Um, it's, it was not that way. So I re I reached back out to Carolyn and was like, Hey, th- this, I can't share. I need my own. Um, and because of how good that one was, it's just the, I, I, you say base model, but it's just every instrument that comes out of that shop is fantastic. So like that, Uh, it was just the, the baritone, not the baritone pro, but that's, I decided I wanted to go with the baritone pro and, uh, or pro model. And, but I did quite a bit of upgrades on this guitar. I, um, I did, I got to pick a really fine set of Brazilian rosewood, really dark grained. Um, I mean, just really beautiful. Um, I did a different, uh, purfling, did Brazilian rosewood binding, um i've got a really fine classical guitar and i tried to make this kind of like the twin to that one it, it that one's made by robert ruck and it's you know same thing brazilian rosewood it's cedar instead of spruce but um you know the brazilian rosewood appointments uh, and so this is like the those are my two really fine instruments with brazilian rosewood um, and man what a guitar it, this one is yeah, that, that's you, you you grew up you grew up in Tennessee. No, I actually grew up in Texas. I grew up uh, just outside okay. of Houston and in, in Baytown. Um, stayed there till I guess I was nineteen, and then I came to Tennessee. Middle Tennessee out, outside of the four years, I went to Colorado. Uh, yeah, I've been in Tennessee pretty much since two thousand four.
0: I think um, Folklore Center was. I, I lived in Boulder from seventy uh, five, and Folklore Center was still. Was yeah. just you know it was going then and and oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Just, just like Chicago you know just like mm-hmm. the the, the um, uh, old town school of folk music in Chicago what what a great uh, heritage and, and 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 stuff like that absolutely so it, obviously there's um I got to ask the question because Tad Tad's gonna ask it one in thirteen sixteenths next on all those things you're a classical player.
1: Uh, you know, I got the, the standard appointments. I'd have to look and see Yeah, Cause the, I oddly, I mean, I did get the, the baritone was really the only one that I personally had built. I found the DPW at, at the folklore center and the triple O was already completed when I had reached out about that. Um, so I'd have to look and see what the specs are on those. Um, and then the, the baritone is just their standard appointment in, in terms of neck shape.
2: Wow, yeah, they're they're wonderful instruments. You don't see them very often. Um, yeah. and I got to say that the videos that are online of you uh, playing classical on a Santa Cruz baritone is just wonderful. It really, I mean, you don't hear baritone guitars that often in an acoustic uh, setting, but mm-hmm. to hear really beautifully played classical music on on a steel string baritone, really that- wonderful
0: yeah it it it, it, it's like magic like how is that guitar set up because a baritone normally has barbed wire for
1: (laughs) you know for it it is uh for
0: strings and classicals are kind of not barbed wire so yeah
1: it, it is uh it's a fingernail killer that is for sure um so it's I've I've taken started taking some different supplements to try and really get some nail strength because uh, a lot of t- like if I'm working up a new piece I don't practice it on the baritone because I'll have no nail left by the time I go to record it so I usually work on that on, on a classical guitar just to kind of get uh, just the you know we we are what we practice so I want to make sure that I'm practicing in a good environment like with as little stress and as little tension as possible and for for the gauge string i think i mean i'm I'm using the santa cruz strings which by the way like when we uh when we got the first baritone there was this it was right in that era where they were producing the parabolic tension baritone strings but they weren't like they weren't available for public consumption yet so they had some on hands and they were and they were stringing their guitars with them um but it was not something that you could just go out and get. And I don't think it was also during COVID and Carolyn didn't have access to them. So there was this period where we couldn't find those strings. And I tried basically every baritone string that was on the market. And it was like, it was a huge difference in the quality of sound in that instrument. Um, and so it was it was really great when those came back around. Um, but you know, in, uh, I was just gonna say that the balance tension, I mean, I, the equivalents I think are like, you know, if you go look at a D'Addario, I think it's like a 16 to a uh, 72-ish, somewhere in that area on, on gauge. And it's, um, man, it, it, yeah, it for that heavy of a string, it's the instrument is so well built that it's really not that difficult to play. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it does take, if I'm doing a lot of intricate work... Uh, I, I feel it more just naturally because of the thickness of the strings. But um, the instrument feels really good, especially from a classical perspective, because there's a little bit of I'd have to, again, look at the specs on the string spread. But it feels really good for finger style guitar um, and the, just the sound of it. Man, every time I pick it up, you can just strum a chord and be in heaven or you can sit and play this music that is not wasn't written for that register. Um, and to my knowledge, nobody's really playing it. I've seen maybe a couple baritone classical guitars, but they're, you know, few and far between also. Um, And certain music just really speaks well to that instrument. The first piece I recorded on the baritone was a Fran Schubert piece. And man, it was just the moment I played, I was like, "Yep, this has to be recorded. Um, And I recently did one. It was kind of a a little medley of I put it out a couple of weeks ago of uh, Tony Rice's version of Shenandoah. And then another one of my guitar heroes is a guy named Brian Sutton, who's just, you know, amazing player. Um, And then so I kind of took what he was doing with, I think it was with Jerry Douglas on um, Bonaparte's Retreat. And they just, those tunes, again, wouldn't typically go together, but on that instrument, they worked really well. Uh, And I've I've got uh, some arrangements I'm working on now that I hope to be putting out here really soon. It just, man, it's a great instrument. Do you
0: get um, calls, uh, uh, working calls for specifically that baritone for Nashville?
1: Not yet. I did get a, uh, so as I think part of my love for Santa Cruz guitars, I've turned other people on to them as well. So I had the DPW in the, in the band with Brantley. And then uh, at at first it was, I think it maybe maybe the baritone came first i don't remember the exact timing but right around the time jess franklin got the uh the other baritone then my other bandmate noah henson he was looking for an acoustic guitar i was like man i, I know and he kept sending me he was like a, a martin for i don't know how much he was looking to spend i was like dude you need to you need to try it you need to just like See, go put one in your hands, and I don't think you're going to turn back. And he ended up settling on a, a Tony Rice model, um uh, Dreadnought. And then when I got the baritone, I brought it to a rehearsal and I just handed it to Brantley. I was like, here, play this for a second. And he wouldn't put it down. And then he ordered one. And, and so he got uh, a, a baritone also, also with, you know, I think he got tier one Brazilian on his and a bunch of, like, he did the, snakewood appointments on the fretboard similar to the one that they did with the ancient Sitka I think that grade top I mean it's man what a guitar Uh, just aesthetically and and sonically really an amazing instrument but we did a uh, me and Brantley and Noah after I left the band we did a I don't think it's come out yet but we cut a video and uh, a studio track of one of Brantley's newest songs using the three Santa Cruises Brantley and I both on his on baritones and then Noah on his Tony Rice. So really looking forward to seeing that thing come out.
2: Oh, I hope we can include a link uh, to that with the podcast here, because that would be amazing. Absolutely. I'm not
1: sure when they're when they're going to release that. It may be timed with when that song is going to come out. So it may be Uh a few months down the road. But um, yeah, I mean, any of the other stuff that I have out, we could certainly link.
0: So yeah. so BJ does, does everybody in Nashville have their own studio?
1: Uh a lot of people do. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's I you know I'm 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 looking at your ceiling. <laughs> yeah. Is I got a great space here, man. It, it's uh really come together and and it's mainly for my own music production. I, I do tracks and stuff for other clients a, as they come in, but for the most part it's for my own creative endeavors. Um I'm cr- not currently working uh, since I left Brantley, I'm, I'm kind of in limbo right now. I'm working as a software engineer as a day job and, and looking for my next musical opportunity that will be uh, hopefully something that I can get back out and do professionally full time. Um, but it just has to be it has to be the right fit, both musically and for my family. And if those two things aren't satisfied, then uh, I've got I've got some other projects that I'm just doing. I'm doing my own solo stuff. Um, I'm looking at starting kind of a blues fusion band and just trying to, you know, keep the, the creativity going and just really pursue what I'm passionate about musically.
2: Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. It's, you can play music for a lot of years, but you'll only have, uh, two and four year olds for a very short period of time so
1: (laughs) absolutely and man like right now Brantley's out uh I think he's opening for Nickelback and they left on June 10th and they don't come back till October 10th and just thinking about I mean they're two months into that tour and they have two more months to go and uh all the things that I would have missed already plus I mean my daughter's learning to swim my son's been getting more words and those are just uh, you can't trade those experiences, so I, I think there's no doubt in my mind that I made the right decision. Um, and I think that with time, I'll find the right musical opportunity. Um, and you know, ten years of playing with one artist was a good run. I'm I'm ready to uh, see what else is out there and, and find some more music that really uh, that just speaks to me as well as uh, hopefully my playing works well with the artist. I, 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 and again,
0: you hate the word sideman you know, but, but, but accompanists are, are such magical players, you know, because they serve the song. Mm-hmm. If, if they're, if, if, if they're working. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So if they don't serve the song, they're probably not working. But, <laughs> but uh, I think about somebody like a Val McCollum, you know, or a, a, uh, Kenny Vaughan or or somebody like that, you know, or just these amazingly lyrical players behind music. Oh yeah, you know it's it's what makes it it's what makes it music versus uh, Nashville, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah. Top. Uh, it's and, and the the role I really enjoyed the role that I had as a multi instrumentalist because it was. I was able to wear a lot of different hats and, you know, I really, guitar is my passion, but uh, outside of that, I'm just passionate about music. And so the opportunity to play mandolin and dobro and bazooki and B3 and a lot of different instruments was really, uh, I, I, I loved that experience. I mean, I can find something so deeply satisfying out of all of those instruments and then where they fit in the mix. And it makes me play different. Um, So it's, uh, you know, it really expanded my ears. It expanded my my chops. It was um, a really great role. But I feel at the point where I am at in my life now, musically, I think that I I'd be comfortable walking into just about any gig or situation and uh, and doing really well.
0: As long as somebody else moves the B three.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't <laughs> want to move it. Uh, I've got one set up over. Well, I've got an XK three with a Leslie and um yeah all of that stuff is so heavy it's like back when i was a teenager and i thought that i had to have a half stack and everybody that was older and wiser was like you're an idiot don't do that you're kill your back and wasn't until later i was like yeah you know 112 is like plenty as it's, it's light i don't, i got rid of that half stack and never looked back
0: <laughs> you, you talked about sunrise pickups uh are you still using those for for were you using those in your in your cruises and
1: no um i i only that one just belonged to the tour and that's what lyle used it was a great pickup and i would like to try one again um i have a a pickup by uh made by a guy named rich barbera he makes it's a saddle placement with a transducer under every string um so i have that in my dpw and then i've got the uh lr bags anthem in the triple o and i don't have a pickup in the baritone it was just such a fine instrument i really wanted that to be a studio guitar uh (laughs) if you want to hear it it needs to be mic'd um so and and i might look into i uh i I recently saw brian sutton was using some kind of like clamp on neumann for one of his old Martins on the road maybe that'd be a a good scenario but i don't really want to know what that costs either um (laughs) <laughs> probably as much as the baritone and to uh, have two yeah yeah <laughs> exactly uh, well, but the, but the the Barbera stuff has been really great especially as a finger style player primarily like the sep- the string separation i get uh and, and balance has really been wonderful um yeah so that's kind of where i'm at with those pickups
2: i i got a chance to actually meet lyle at once uh because we went uh with somebody else that we've done a podcast with, uh, somebody to consider a friend, James May, who makes the Ultratonic pickup and the Tone Dexter. Okay. And a couple of members of the band um, use Tone Dexters mm-hmm. and uh, their, their guitarist was having a problem. And so James said, oh, I think I know what it is. And it was because the pickup he was using was rather weird. Uh, anyway, he makes a pickup called the Ultratonic, which I have in um, one of my baritones. And it's wonderful. You can write that down. I, yeah, it, it's the thing about it is, is the the baritons are so resonant. Um, it's it you know it's so easy to get feedback on them um, mm-hmm. if you're amplifying at all. And with the ultratonic, I was actually able to set the switches in such a way as I get incredible sound, but I can sit in front of the amp without any feedback. Wow. Uh, really nice uh, i'll send you a link to something i tried to do to, to demonstrate that but yeah um,
1: please do so yeah. is that what kind of system is that is that like an under saddle microphone combo or
2: no it's piazzos that go okay. underneath on the the um, bridge plate okay um, it's yeah but yeah i'll send you a link to that i'm still so you're kind of representing the baritone strings or at least you know out there kind of promoting well not promoting you're using them <laughs> yeah and uh spreading the word. They have two to the light tension and, and medium tension on the baritones. What are your thoughts on those? I've just gotten into them um because mm-hmm. I had a whole bunch of baritone strings I wanted yeah. to use. Up. <laughs> I,
1: I understand. Um so I, I think in general I prefer the medium tension. Now I, I tune mine down to B. So I think typically they come uh set up in C. So I, I, I tune mine down just a half step lower. Um and yeah, you know, I've, I've really liked the the fullness and the resonance of the medium tension strings, but I found it. I can't call it a problem with the string; it's a problem with playing the type of music that I'm playing. Is that when you're playing like there was one piece that I put out recently that had a lot of artificial harmonics? It's a slow piece that I played on baritone. It's called Noel. Uh, it was written by a Japanese composer, and it um. I I, when I set up to record you know the the baritone strings have a wound second string and typically you don't have that And, and so I was playing this piece that had a melody that was I was really trying to sustain the melody that was on that b string and I just kept getting and it was so distracting to me that I I just I went to the low tension strings played softer and then I was able to because it was all, you know, the, the melody was over chordal accompaniment and it was just the position of what I was playing. Um, but the low tension strings allowed me to just play a little bit softer and still get a really nice sound. And I could get a, get away from those squeaks that were just kind of driving my ear crazy. Um, but it's, you know, they, both of them sounded really, really good. It's, I think it's just application, uh, what style of music or what, what piece am I recording, Um, And for the other one that I did, the Schubert, that was on the uh, mid-tension strings.
2: I haven't had a chance to compare the two of them yet. I've I've Mm -hmm. just set up the low tension because previously, most of the time I was using just uh, heavies, regular old acoustic guitar heavies. um, And that was working well. I, I tried baritone strings early on and they were like playing bridge cables. i mean it just it was it was no fun and it it, it, honestly it didn't sound all that good um you know the the, it was just it just didn't work with the santa cruz guitar and and just using a good heavy string work but yeah i'm just getting into the baritone strings from them and oh it it, they really sound great um they last so long i haven't had a chance to try it
1: I think I've changed strings on that. I've had that guitar. I got it in February of last year and I just put my third set of strings on it. Cause you know, okay. in a year and a half, they, they just, they last so long and uh, I keep uh, all of my acoustics. I just keep in the case. i I like to have them out. If I've got a session going on, I may leave them out for a couple of days, but in general, I just want them in the case, especially cause I have kids. The kids don't come in the studio that often, but like I don't need I don't need dings and nicks or somebody bumping into a Santa Cruz. And, yeah, I might have to move out for a week until I regain my composure. <laughs>
0: so uh, uh, you talked a little bit about being a mandolin player. Do um, you think we could put the squeeze? Because I am, too. Think we could put the squeeze on uh, SCGC? To <laughs> Absolutely. I, I mean, I understand they, there's I understand there's a couple of them
1: out there. Oh, really? That's an, I didn't know. Yeah, that. I,
0: I, I heard that there was a couple of them out there and okay. I, I, I'd i love to I'd love to put the squeeze on him for that. I can't imagine what he'd come up with.
1: Oh, I know it. I would I would love one uh, that w- when, when I was at the Folklore Center, uh, we had a couple Santa Cruz ukuleles and those were really incredible. And I haven't seen many of those since.
2: No,
0: ted
1: uh, has got one, I think.
2: No, I don't. I've, i wanted one for a long time. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that they, they don't show up hardly ever. Mm-hmm.
0: There was a big uh, trend out here for a while that, that, that the, 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 uh, Rick Turner and SCGC were all making really high end ukes, you know, and yeah. yeah, it was kind of a little, I don't know if it was a competition. I, I, I don't know, but they, they were, they were good friends, but, um, Still interesting. Yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd love to see him. Uh, I mean, he's carving arch tops.
1: Yeah. I mean, and while we're at it, let's not stop there. I want to see a nylon string guitar come out of there.
2: Ooh. <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, but he has made a few unusual instruments, but I don't think I've ever heard about a classical coming out of the yeah. shop.
0: Yeah, I think we, we, have, we have Kenny Hill here in oh, uh that's right Yeah, it, it, right up right up the road and uh-huh. boy kenny's kenny's cranking out some <laughs> pretty astounding classical guitars i, yeah. I can't imma- i can't imagine what the rabbit hole of classical guitars is oh it, it, it's
2: it's it, huge it,
1: and you, you get into it's a whole it's a whole other world when i when i came to the uh, SEGc factory and got to uh spend the afternoon with richard uh, you know, I told him about the Ruck that I have and he just kept the whole time, the rest of the day, he just kept referring it to it as the, as the real guitar that BJ owns. I was like, no, your instruments are very, very much in the same caliber, but, uh, you know, Robert Ruck, um, if you guys aren't familiar with him, he was a prolific uh, and prolific in, in the classical Luthery sense of like, I, I got, got, that guitar. It's a 2009, And he'd been building for around 40 years, and it was serial number 949. So it's just like the the scope of what he was building um, and and his output was, I mean, I I don't know how many instruments he built total in the 40-something years he was building, but uh, they were used by all all the great players. And and everybody that I studied with uh, in, in that world, they all had an instrument by Robert um you know pepe Ramiro uh had i think he made quite a bit of recordings on his and, and again just kind of all the guys that i was studying with uh at the time mm-hmm. were playing his instruments but the, the whole i haven't seen steel string guys do this much but in the classical world um a, a lot there's a, a big thing around the double top guitars you know the sandwich top um and so a lot of the guys are are going for that the greg smallman influenced uh guitars or demands uh they're really fabulous instruments but it's a different sound i'm more of a traditionalist i like the traditional approach to building a guitar and i I think you you sacrifice a little bit of the volume but the other aspects that you gain in the tonal spectrum for me are well worth that trade-off and the guitar is a quiet instrument anyways if you listen to a a classical guitar in a recital hall the first i don't know few minutes that you're listening you kind of have to get used to the the surroundings like you have to get used to the how quiet the instrument is but once you adjust to that sound uh and settle in then you can really kind of hear the dynamic range that that instrument is capable of um as and, long as
2: he's playing on their phone yeah <laughs>
1: yeah that's that's the thing that or the the coughs and the sneezes, and somebody dropping their program and the all the intricacies that you hear in those recital halls. but yes, well, so,
2: it's true that the classical guitar builders have been it seems much more willing to um, try out a lot of very odd and unusual building techniques, you yeah. know, with lattice bracing and and yeah. triple pops and adding what is it Nomex or something and all these yeah. uh, Uh, interesting fibers and and materials into the construction
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, a little of that happens with the steel string guitar world but honestly I think that that's one of the things I I love about Santa Cruz is that Richard is so traditional in what he does and is still working at refining that traditional build to the ultimate rather than just trying to pursue some completely different or unique technique um, mm-hmm. in building to try and make the instrument better um
1: well he's yeah. on to something i mean yeah. <laughs> the what he's, he's producing and, and been doing for years uh i mean you just if you get an instrument from that company you know that it's going to sound good uh they're all special they just have a different aspect to it i would love to have a whole arsenal of them um and i'm sure that i'm not done at three but um and just take some time
2: well you ever make it out to the bay area you're welcome to play
1: through all mine (laughs) (laughs) thank you i will take you up on that (laughs) i don't know do you like wine or beer i'll I'll bring something to contribute
2: (laughs) oh no problem no problem (laughs) um what's next bj it's a great question
1: um right now I've got yeah. You know, I'm working on some different arrangements um that I would like to put out uh, on the baritone as well as some classical stuff I'm just I'm trying to build a right predominantly through YouTube I would like to release uh either an EP or an album of recordings sometime over the next year um just to push my own artistry I, I've I've spent my professional music career working for other artists so i would really like to get my own stuff out and that was you know that's that's what i'm really passionate about and that's something that's been missing for a lot a long time so just trying to refine what those arrangements are going to be uh that musical selection and get those things out and I, at least with with the U, with the youtube channel that i'm working on i'm trying to build a lot of really diverse content so you know taking an approach where i'm doing classical repertoire on a baritone i'm working on um a Paganini paganini violin caprice on electric guitar that um you know some guys have done in the past but there aren't a lot there's a a few recordings of at least the one that i'm putting out but i just want to i think i bring something different to that having a classical background um, and just I'm trying to find these unique approaches. I'm, I'm working on some Bach pieces on mandolin and bouzouki, um, doing like a, a lead line on mandolin, but then playing what would be the counterpoint on the bouzouki and, and just kind of really trying to build a really unique uh, kind of accumulation of music that that speaks to me in a way that it hasn't been done before uh or at least that i ha- i've heard um it's just how exciting yeah
0: how exciting sonic textures
1: how absolutely.
0: how how exciting how how exciting and and home recording allows you yeah. to do that
1: absolutely uh i've yeah. got a i couldn't ask for a better setup than what i've got here and uh i've been recording into you know, I've engineered other projects as well as my own for gosh, going on twenty years now. So uh, I, there's really, I have no excuses to get not get it done. It needs to just happen.
0: Except well, the two-year-old, except the two-year-old <laughs> and the
1: four-year-old. Except for the really logical ones, yes. <laughs> um,
0: Tad, I, yes?
2: I I, I, I'm thoroughly enlightened. Yeah, I know this is great. I mean, it's it's. I can't wait to hear all these uh, pieces that you've talked about. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of sad to think we're going to have to wait a few months potentially for the uh, uh, double baritone uh, piece, um, but I'm sure it'll be worth it.
1: <laughs> I, I think so. Uh, I, I just, man, there was the texture of, of playing those two instruments together was really incredible. I, I, I,
0: can't I, I, I can't conceive putting your head between the two of those things.
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, like
0: I, I really just, we're we're uh, um we're good buds with uh Eric Sky and he's just recently opening up this um kind of duo thing with Jamie Stillway and Jamie Jamie in her own right's just an incredible player but the two of them together i they listen yeah you know so they're just they're filling space but not not standing on and i can't imagine what two baritones
1: Wow. It's, it's a phenomenal combination. Uh, and, and hopefully we'll, we'll do some stuff in the studio. Uh, you know, Brantley, in, in my opinion, and it's just my opinion, uh, his, his strength is, is he's a great songwriter, but he's really good at writing ballads. Um, that's he can write some really meaningful ballads, um, that, that are really deep. Um, and you know, he's talked a long time about doing an acoustic record or an acoustic tour. And if he does that, I hope that we get the opportunity to work together again, because I think that some of the things that we could collaborate on and the music that we can make would be really special.
0: I can't imagine you wouldn't be a first call on that.
2: You
1: know? I would hope so. Yeah,
0: yeah I would think so. Um,
2: I, I just want to emphasize to everybody that they need to go look up uh, BJ's music and listen to his pieces on the baritones you rarely get the chance to hear a really beautiful baritone guitar played as well as he plays it. And so I would just say you have to go online and hopefully we'll have the link at the end of the podcast. Um,
0: hopefully. I mean,
2: hearing uh, uh, yeah, so <laughs> hearing baritone playing um, modern music or even maybe traditional music is nice, but playing classical music is it's just... Oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's just it's really wonderful. So. That's awesome.
1: I'm glad you got uh, a lot of enjoyment out of that. It it gave me a lot of pleasure to do it.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: We will uh um
1: let you get on with your day. Well, thank you both for having me. It was a pleasure to meet you both and and, yeah, appreciate and talk guitar. appreciate
0: you so much. I really appreciate you so much for taking the time and Absolutely. And uh um I don't know uh I don't know what's going on there, if you guys are in the middle of storms or not.
1: Uh, We're enjoying some nice August weather at the moment. Uh, It's been in like 80 degrees was the high the last couple days. So it's been really beautiful. But I think we've got some more temps in the 90s coming our way for the next week. So uh, I'm anxiously awaiting fall. Um, And I will look both of you up next time I get out to the uh, Bay Area. I love coming out that way.
0: Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm a little south of uh, Santa Cruz, and Tad's okay. up in Berkeley. So, uh, okay. um, you know, awesome. Yeah, I would uh, love to uh, drag you around a little.
1: Yeah, Josh had mentioned uh, something about coming out. I, I, it may be a year or two, but uh, yeah, uh, we'll. I'll be in touch we, about that when it happens.
0: We've we, we, we've been beating on them for a long time to do a a, a, a concert series. Yeah. You know, well, that and and coffee cups. Yeah, that and coffee cups. But, but <laughs> that's but, a good uh, point. Yeah, <laughs> merch, guys, come on, come yeah. on, how about it? Some t-shirts and some merch.
1: So. Um,
0: have a wonderful day. Thanks so much for your time. Absolutely. Best of luck.
1: Thank you so much. Hope to well, talk you to you soon. Well. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Right.
0: We hope you enjoyed this installment of the Santa Cruz Coffee Break. For more music-related fun, please join the Santa Cruz Guitar Players Forum at scgcpf or santacruzguitarplayers.com. If you have any questions or possible podcast topics, please contact us. If you have a product or service that you feel would be of value to our listeners, please consider adding your support and keeping the coffee pot on. Contact us for more information. We ask that you hit the like follow, bell, or bookmark buttons so we can keep you informed of upcoming podcast episodes. We hope you enjoyed Santa Cruz Coffee Break. Now it's time to go play your guitar.